Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, it's Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loose. Connection Loose? Connection Loop. <laughs> and I guess I am a little loose today. Uh, we have Kevin on the line with us. And in, in this conversation, we're actually going to get into kind of an interesting topic, which is selling more by selling less. And I think that we were just kind of having this, this interesting convo about how we've all sort of connected on this idea of just being more human. And, uh, you know, I was kind of inspired by your, your homemade green screen there. I'd love to get into that combo and how you, how you created that. Because before we got onto this, we used Zoom and I saw you in front of the Sydney Opera House, which looked perfect. And this yeah. also looks great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd much rather be in Sydney right now. But <laughs> so I've worked remotely for the last three plus years. And uh, but I typically work like from a Starbucks or a Dunkin Donuts or something like that. And just the background that flies on Zoom calls has never really been an issue. And then. When we got stay-at-home uh, orders coming from the governor of Pennsylvania, where I am, uh, got about 12 weeks ago now, I came down the basement, set up, and I was like, oh, my goodness, my walls are disgusting. Like, I can't go on call professional calls like this. So uh, we ran to Target when Target was still kind of moving around, and I collected about 25 different sheets of construction paper and got my kids to work, and we taped them all together. And it's hard to see from here, but they colored in green in the marks you couldn't see the masking tape and voila we got our homemade green screen so yeah it worked out well so total total cost for the green screen was what 10 bucks uh, a little bit more i think the pieces of construction paper were about 59 cents each i probably used 20 of them i had okay. the tape so i mean yeah not not much nice all right so how to make a green screen for 15 bucks i mean that that's yeah. pretty cool if that, you want i mean I'll, I'll be entrepreneurial on it i'll get my kids to work for you if anybody <laughs> wants we'll, yeah. we'll get our little side business going yeah you know they can they can project manage manage the whole thing through, yeah. through zoom yeah. you know their attention span isn't great but i'll, I'll keep on them for you <laughs> that's that's awesome man no it's it's really cool kind of how innovative we've become and uh you know how we are finding ways to i think be more human integrate our kids lives into our personal lives you know before zoom bombs with the kids would just be the most embarrassing thing now it's like hey here are my kids and here's what i really look like in real life you know yeah and i think that's a really cool thing it's kind of an opportunity for us right now to really connect at that at that human at that human level i mean speaking of which you know what have you noticed uh, that's changed in terms of um you know overall kind of sales communication yeah so it's it's been really interesting because this, the whole, I mean, roughly we've been home for three months now. It's been like waves and it, 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 it's constantly changing in real time. Uh, and to, to be good, you got to stick with it and keep adjusting to it as we go. I saw in the very beginning of this, and I typically try to get my clients on a Zoom call is usually where I go. And one of the things that I saw was in the beginning, People were really apt to get on Zoom calls. It was new, it was fresh. What's your background look like? Wow, here's mine. And it worked. But then that Zoom fatigue set in. And it got <laughs> really, really hard to get on Zoom meetings. Uh, now, think, talk to me about Zoom fatigue. What, what is that? Just we're tired of meeting in that kind yeah, of loud environment? I mean, or? You think about it. I think most companies had some type of solution for their sales meetings and intercompany meetings and marketing meetings and the whole nine yards. But now they're all on Zoom because no one's conference. There's no one gathering in conference rooms. So no. what ended up happening was people started looking at their calendars and they would have six, seven meetings a day and they were all Zoom meetings. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. The last thing I want to do is go talk to someone else. Right. Got it. Got it. And then what that's that's from an internal perspective. Right. So are you are you so are you seeing that also from an external sort of from? A yeah. So like I 100 percent saw that from. Like my outreach really didn't change that much. And, and we'll get into some of the methods of how you reach out. But my outreach hasn't changed really pre-coronavirus and now. What's changed is the response rate and the ability to get meetings. So when we started staying at home, I was seeing significant uptick, uptick in the number of meetings I was getting on Zoom calls. And then it hit a wall in terms of people not wanting to hop on another Zoom call at that point. So like I quickly pivoted to connecting with them on the phone. I'm a 
big proponent of dub and I was sending videos. Uh, what I loved and, and talk about being human and so important in sales. And I think we missed that boat left and right. I was just sending videos to my clients being like, Hey, I'm thinking of you guys, you know, like no, no sales line here, no call to action. Just I'm thinking of you. Um, let's talk whenever you want. I'm an open sounding board for you guys. And you know, I mean, it was met with pretty good response. Nice. So, so give me, give me some feedback overall um, in terms of, you know, what the dub experience has been like for you. So I've been using dub for about a year now um, and it started slow and I was very timid to really put myself out there. Uh, Cause like a lot of the times the people I'm connecting with, they're, they're very high level marketing team members. They're CMOs, head of global marketing. And the last thing you want to do is like, look like a bozo sending them something and, you know, I mean, I've gone through the different variations, like the wave at the start and holding up a, like a little note board to just funny things. Um, but like after you get used to it and you send them and you can see your response rates just really skyrocketing. I was like, my God, this, this is awesome. And the biggest change I made was I was waiting so long in my cadences to send videos to my prospects. So like I was typically waiting till they got to like that ninth or 10th or 12th step. I've moved them up to the first step now. And mm. I start my relationship with these people with a video and they're like, whoa, what's this? And it just, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, and I love it. I'm a big proponent in sales of either win fast or lose fast. Uh. And if a client gets right back to me and says, love the video, this is awesome, but I'm not a prospect. That's great. I don't waste any more time on them. Wow, man, that's that's really interesting. I love that win fast and, and lose fast, and that's just that's just an idea of just be more productive, right? Yeah. Just getting getting to a yes or not uh, suffering from that opportunity cost, mm -hmm. right? That's, yeah, that's oh God, really yeah. interesting. That's yeah. I think that's really I think that's really smart. A lot of people are are kind of afraid to to get rejections, and there's this sort of emotional um, little hit that they get when they do get a rejection. But you know. God, what a great way to streamline your pipeline <laughs> to know that you should not spend time on that person. <laughs> yeah, it's, it changes, you know? I mean, I know we're talking about like selling selling less and, and that's just one component of, of that, you know? Like just putting yourself out there and like, if, if Dub's not a fit for my product, I'm not going to keep pounding you over the head with that, you know? And it just, yeah. a lot of times, one of the things I do is say, is my timing off? Is this not of interest? Do I not have the right audience for you that I think I had? And a lot of times I'll get answers back and say, you know what? Like we have a new CEO. It's not a timing. Reach back out to me in six months. And like, that's great. I know it's a no. I'd rather have that a lot of times. Right. And I love what you said about providing some of the value, providing the video kind of upfront and getting that, you know, what, what is that uh, to me from my perspective? Well, it's, it's, it's trust, it's humanism, mm -hmm. it's personality, it's value, you know? Um, how has that sort of pivoted for you and how has that really changed uh, in terms of comprehension rates, in terms of the way that people kind of engage with you? What has that been like? Yeah, so I mean, just down to the numbers level, I typically, and I have it really down pat at this point, like I typically get a 20 to 25% uh, open rate on my emails, non-video, first email to Ruben. He has no idea who I am. I'm completely cold. I'm in that 20 to 25% range. I started putting a video in there and I literally, I couldn't be more bold with it. Like video for Ruben, boom. And people are like, what is this? I'll get like 40, 50. I got some up to 60% open rates. So I look at it like if I can get more people to open it, there's a really much, there's a much better chance for success for me. Wow, man. I mean, that's that's a data point. Video drives yeah. two to three X increase in overall engagement yeah no doubt i mean there's no doubt about it yeah i mean that's that's pretty powerful man i i gotta i gotta i gotta really internalize that that's that's powerful that's that's actually a lot more than what we what we publicize um you're doing something right <laughs> share yeah, <I> hope. <laughs> share uh share us some of your your kind of techniques your best practices what can we learn from your your process yeah so in terms of the video process i try to keep it as short and sweet as possible if I'm over a minute, I have done something wrong. Um, I, very, very rarely am I sending a video out that's over one minute. In fact, even if I nail the message and it's over a minute, 
it's gone. I'll redo it at that point. The second thing is per- perfection doesn't need to be there. Like we, like you can have homemade green screens. You can be in the airport. You can be holding your phone up and taking like that. It's more human. People are FaceTiming like all the time. Like the, the, the perfection has to go. Like the more raw and putting it out there you are, the much, much better uh, engagement you're going to get on it. So like those are my two number, uh, two top ideas with the video. That idea of, of really showing the human element. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, we really try to encourage people to get videos out there on the field. You know, we've, we've really tried to build a lot up with, with, you know, our mobile apps and to really encourage that type of live storytelling. Um, some people don't feel fully comfortable doing that. You know, it, the f- irony though is that the best success is in fact with what you just said, where it's just a human element and it doesn't seem like it's kind of uh, rote. It's something that you're just repeatedly doing, something that's authentic and something that's mm-hmm. inspired a little bit. Um, have you had any kind of specific experience with that where you sort of go out of maybe your sort of office element or your desk element, anything like this? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to remember that like the person on the other end of that email, the phone call, the direct mail, whatever you're doing, they're human. They have a family. They have a job. They have a boss that's beaten down on them at times. They have kids. They have marital problems. Like they have sick parents. Like that all goes on for all of us. That doesn't change regardless of your title or income. So as soon as you get that under under your grasp, you can reach out to them as a human. I think a large part of it still is you still need to do your research on the prospect. You still need to come with customized content to that person. Like, if, like, like I look at your video and I see a little dragon in the back. I see lights hanging down. I see you're a pretty fun guy and, and I don't know you. And you can use that, you know, like you can find something about people on Twitter and LinkedIn and their Facebook. And you can say like, Hey, I, I happen to notice you have twins. So do I like, I, how old are yours? Like just make it fun for them. And like, doesn't mean you're going to get a hundred percent response rate, but it, it gets you further down the, the opportunity for success than just saying, Hey, my name's Kevin and I'm with this company and uh, I would love to talk to you at some point. Uh, the other thing that is important in video that you don't need to delay yourself in terms of there's still automation with it is I would tell you my videos are broken down into really a couple parts, an intro, a, customized portion of it and then uh specifics about my company and then i'm out and how it relates to their business so you you can customize that middle part still but the other two bookends are completely generic to every client and it makes it seem very authentic to them um and and you can just wrap it through them at that point i mean i've pounded out i think the most i ever did in one day was about 90 videos in one day what? Yeah, That's I mean, amazing. I'm rolling, but like, if you like, if you have a list and if you're ready to go and you have your research done ahead of time, you're just nailing through them. That's amazing. Uh, this idea of customizing part of the videos, you know, we had this idea early on. You know, there's the playlist feature and there's, you know, the multiple clips on the app. And it's something that we've been really passionate about because it, it allows us to, to have the human factor you know, and to really be personalized in that one-to-one uh, environment. But then it also allows us to take something that we've recorded, that we've produced, something on YouTube, you know, with the YouTube integration, and to have the ba- the best of both worlds, where it's, mm-hmm. again, personalized and then sort of an evergreen reusable video. And I, I personally wish more people adopted this uh, this practice because of how good it is and because of how um, how much results you'll get as, you know, from doing the effort. Um, how have you made it sort of easy to do that? Has there been some kind of specific workflow or something that you can, you can sort of recommend? So the biggest thing that I use is, um, and one of my favorite things about dub is to be able to use that LinkedIn integration is awesome because it's just another way to kind of say, Oh, this is different than what I usually get. And when LinkedIn was newer and sales navigator was newer seven to 10 years ago, Clients weren't used to getting emails and messages on there. So you could stand out just sending a regular message on there. But they get bombarded with those now. But if you put a video in there, it's like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> like, this is popping into my feed. One of the things that I do um, 
is part of my cadence is connecting with my clients via email. Somewhere in the middle of my cadence, I will send them a LinkedIn request, a personalized LinkedIn request. I get a fair amount of those back in the 30 to 40% range. Immediately, I send them, I literally like stop what I'm doing and I send them back a customized video message like, hey, Ruben, thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. I'm really happy to be connected with you and digest more of your content. I uh, would love to connect you at some point when the time is right. Have a great rest of the Tuesday. And like immediately I get responses back like, did you just do this? And I'm like, yeah, it's not like I'm sitting around waiting for your message and include one Monday through Sunday. Like, yeah, yeah. I just did it. Because um, you know they're there. And that's been great. Um, and, and just how easy it's been to just add video as part of my world has been awesome. Well, one of the things that we're working on in the Dub Laboratories is called Dub Precog, where you can, uh, there's artificial intelligence that's, that, that is going to decide what the client is going to say on the other end. And then oh. you can pre-record a video. Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. How how funny is it? How uh, you know technology can improve the ways that we communicate, but nothing can replace the ability for us to to read a scene and to read mm -hmm. a person <laughs> and to understand what it is that we should say and when we should be you know, uh, more forward or when we should be more passive and, you know, those types of nuances, they take years to learn how to do, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of inspired in, in how personal some of your messaging is using video. And, uh, you know, frankly, what, what are some ways that people can learn that type of a skill to kind of read the room? If you there know, is, there's content everywhere on the internet. LinkedIn is awesome for following Sales leaders, um, there's a lot, a lot of people out there that are really at the forefront of not only using videos, but just personalization and sales and allowing you to figure out what's going on with your clients and in their world and customizing that message to them. I mean, thankfully, the internet is a wealth of information for you in terms of figuring that out. I've seen HubSpot, I've seen it all over the place. Nice, man. And then what, uh, with your experience, um, what are some things that people should sort of avoid in this day and age? I can tell you with the video side, if it just is like, hi, my name's Kevin. Like, you got to have some energy, man. Like, you got to bring it. Like, you, you, you got to remember, like, in, in my world, like, the people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with me. If you're so monotone and you're boring, why are they going to spend money with you? If you're not engaged when you're asking them for the money, why are you going to be engaged 90 days, 180 days into the contract? So right. if you don't start with your most energy, you're in trouble. And would you say that, uh, you know, you were always energetic and passionate and, and this format or did it, did it take an evolution for you? I, in the video sense, man, it, it, it took some time. I mean, it, and it took results um, for really for me to say that like, okay, this is, this is viable. Um, I think a large part of sales is constantly experimenting, like constantly trying things. And if this doesn't work, try this or, or if that, or maybe we try this way, or maybe we move it down in the cadence or up in the cadence, or maybe it's not the right tier of prospect for that. And video was just one of those things. I mean, I was sending emails and I was calling people and, you know, I was having moderate success. And then bam, like, I, I, I don't know where I first saw about video or dub specifically, but I was like, yes, yes, this is awesome. But then like after you buy it and you're like, oh crap, like now I got to record these videos. And I'm scared. <laughs> and you're like, you know, like, this is a great idea when I was just like watching Ruben do the videos online. I'm like, this is of course I can do this. And then you get there like, what do you say? Um, the beauty about video is if you don't like it, you can stop it. I have yeah. mispronounced names. I have said like, oh, you're working at the wrong company. Please review your videos ahead of time. Make sure they're correct. Because sometimes you don't even realize you're doing those things. Right. That's that's so true. Um, I There's this idea that I've been really kind of exploring and passionate about, which is tapping into the inner child. And a lot of you know what I learned from my kids is just their ability to express themselves sometimes without feeling uh, confined. You know, it's truly unadulterated communication. You know, they don't have anything to fear. They're in a very safe environment. They don't feel like they're going to be 
you know, judged per se. And especially now there's no, there's no bullies around. They're all yeah. alone. Right. So not to say that there was bullies previously in their, in, in their classes, but I think what's really interesting that we can kind of take away is that if we actually go into that place of, you know, festivity and, and being jovial and just wanting to not necessarily entertain people, but uh, delight people, you know, and um, add some light to their day, some something interesting, you know, yeah. um, that's inspirational. And, and that really builds, you know, connection with people. And mm -hmm. I think it just takes some time um, to, uh, to really tap into that, you know, um, anyone can overproduce someone, something, everyone, anyone can spend a lot of money to do something. Anyone can spend a lot of money to get a studio, but to really express yourself in an honest way, uh, while still connecting with the person. I mean, frankly, that's what Bruce Lee spent so much of his life doing. You know, I'm a kind of a student of some of his philosophies, but, uh, there's so many analogies that one can make between, um, you know, martial arts and sort of maybe some fancy way to do things, but then actually doing things that really kind of work, you know, um, what works for you to, to tap in to that, to that place, that confidence? Yeah. I mean, what it, it is just a confidence and a presence about that. Like you got to go into every sale. Otherwise you shouldn't one be in sales or two pitching this prospect being like, I have a solution for this client here's how i'm going to get this done if you can't get to that in your head prior to emailing that person videoing them calling them then you, you shouldn't be reaching out right to that right to, now to that client anyway so i wouldn't reach out to my clients if i don't truly believe i have a solution for them it may not be right right now it may be too expensive or whatever but you you have it has to be right for the client in your head in order to make that fit for your client in their eye they have to buy into what you're trying to sell them first yeah and then how do you gauge that well i mean sometimes it, it, it takes some time i mean you can do a ton of research on clients ahead of time and be like okay like here's what they've done in the past here's here's where they're at now here's where these people have worked before like you can try to gauge that but like you're never going to be a hundred percent sure but you have to see a a path to success there for the client um, but I mean, in terms of being being human in your videos, let's say, or just in your outreach in general, like when I started recording videos down the basement down here and I got this halfway decent green screen behind me, like the last thing I wanted was just for them to be like, where is this guy? Is that the Wizard of Oz? Where is he? So I literally put it in the subject line of my videos, like video for Ruben, parentheses, homemade green screen included, end of parentheses. That's and, awesome. And people were like, they laughed. I mean, it's funny too. I would get people wrote back like, ha ha, that's too funny. But then that answer me about the rest of the email. I'd be like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, that's like, hilarious. Call it what it is, you know? I mean, I used to record videos at uh, Dunkin' Donuts where I used to remote work. And there was some people that would walk into the videos now and then. And it just is what it is. Like, it's not, it's not bad it is it's fine right it's an authentic moment and yep. it happened <laughs> and it was not contrived <laughs> yeah I and mean, i actually have seen i totally forget the guy's name and i'm gonna feel so bad not uh quoting him on it but there's a guy who sends videos and he starts his videos off and he's like pretending to drink a cup of coffee and he's like oh god you caught me oh, and yeah. it's contrived but it works and that's what's yeah. funny yeah, yeah, I've seen that one before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's an old trope. Uh, that's that's interesting, man. I really, I really appreciate your perspective on that. Um, one of the things that that uh, you and I sort of mentioned before we got into this was this idea of not every technique works for every person in every mm -hmm. situation. And uh, you know, I think one of the hardest things for folks to do is to figure out is to kind of get the data points and to get the feedback to kind of pivot the strategy or kind of change the process in a little bit. What are some ways uh, that, that we can be more mindful, methodical about that? You know, do we have spreadsheets with different tactics and do we kind of gauge the success? Is it more kind of intrinsic and in intuitive? I think it really depends on the person in sales. I mean, there's going to be some people that are more data heavy and they're going to look at it like, well, this had a 26.4 and this had a 22.4. So this one's better than that one. And, and, and that's fine. You can do it that way. You can go just by feel and say, 
hey, I think this is working better for me. It seems like this is working better for me. I, I, I think it, it really depends on what the salesperson is comfortable with. I mean, they have to, they have to live in their own world and, and do what works best for them. I'm a big believer in terms of, I mean, there is a lot of content out there on LinkedIn specifically about do this, do that, followed by this, end of this, put them in a nurture sequence. Like, yeah, I mean, that works for your business. It doesn't mean that's like the cookie cutter recipe. If it was, you'd be a multi-trillionaire with the secret to sales all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I think about this a lot. You know, I think about, um, you know, co coaching is a, is a great business and there's so much that can happen in coaching. And, you know, to a certain to a certain extent, we all need coaches in some capacity, mm -hmm. you know, business, personal. Um, you know, in fact, we align ourselves with a lot of coaches with Dub. We have a whole program called Dub Coaches and it's on our website and it kind of promotes some folks that can help other people to use Dub. Um, one of the things that I always really try to encourage and to promote is to have more immediacy in that coaching process. You know, for example, if we're going to go and buy a coaching program or if we're going to go read something on the internet, you know, when was that written? And to your mm -hmm. point, what industry was that written for? And if I apply that and if I spend a bunch of money and invest into that and in myself, um, you know, is that is that going to work for me? Is it is it antiquated? Is it an old method? Does it only work for industry X and I'm in industry Y? Uh, how do we how do we make better choices in terms of where we spend our time and money um, to 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 learn about stuff like this? Yeah, it's it's the time more so to me than anything else. Yeah, <laughs> to me is that's like I hate wasting time. I mean, I have four kids, a wife, a house, parents. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, like there's a lot going on in my life. Like for me to waste an hour reading some webinar that is completely not related to my world, like I have no time for that. Um, I would rather spend triple the amount of money for something that's relevant to me. Right, exactly. Well, isn't that funny? Because so much of the content that that we consume um, is, is free per se. Mm -hmm. And if we are in some sort of a funnel and we're on that homepage and there's that you know, 30 minute long video, you know, how valuable is that going to be? You know, how much of that is a sales process? I mean, I get really frustrated when I, when I'm watching a video and I feel like it's going to be educational and I'm watching it and it's like, ah, not really educational, more sort of salesy and, you know, Hey, tune in for something interesting that's coming yeah. up in the next video. And I start to just fatigue. And then all of a sudden I just, I lose all trust. I close the browser tab and I never go back there again. Right. I'm like, you know what? You broke the contract. I was there to learn, and that was a thirty-minute sales pitch that should have been thirty seconds. Yeah, you're you know? you're, you're right, but I mean, you got to think too. I mean, you always as a salesperson, you always need to be kind of readapting yourself. And just because the 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 methodology that I'm encountering right now is for SaaS products, and I don't sell a SaaS product, doesn't mean that's all bad. Like I can take that and adapt it to my world. And say, okay, well, I like this and I like this and I like this, but that doesn't have relevance and that doesn't have relevance. Let me take this and figure out the other parts of that for my world. Um, and you should always be willing to just try something. I mean, the worst thing you're going to do, whether you send an email, uh, a video, a phone call, if the prospect says no, what's the end of the world? I mean, it's okay. Yeah. And what would you say your your sort of biggest failure is, and, and as a result, biggest learning? Oh, biggest failure, um, man. I there's been a bunch. <laughs> That's the hard thing to say, but um, yeah, like what I mean, being dead honest. One time there was there was a name and a, a picture online when I was reaching out, and I thought it was a her, but it was a him. I mean, that was that was a problem. Um, and, oh, and that, I, I, like, I felt terrible, but I mean, you can't get around that. You know, I made a mistake. I apologize. We moved on. I've reached people on vacation before, and granted, they picked up their cell phone on vacation. I didn't tell them to do that, and I've gotten yelled at, like, I'm on the, I'm in the Caribbean. Why would you call me now? Like, I have trackers on everyone, and I can see where everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't tell you to pick up your phone. Sorry. Um, you know, right. I've, I've, I've sent out emails before where I put test in the subject line because I meant to send it to myself and I've sent it out to a hundred people and I've said test. But I mean, on a situation like that, like I, I did that, the test one nine weeks ago or something like that. And like, 
immediately afterwards, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. I made a mistake. I put those people back into the funnel real quick and then put the real rest of the email in there and, I, and the subject. And I put, this is not a test. And I just, I basically said like, hey, I goofed. So it happens. Uh, oops equals ops. Let's, 100%. Let's get, let's, let's get into this for a second. Uh, I just uh, actually coined that. So trademarked by Ruben yeah, Dua. Here you, you should, hear it first. <laughs> I have not Googled it yet, so maybe it already exists. But, uh, uh, you know, how to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, classic text, uh, somewhat antiquated. Um, hasn't really gone through the evolution process that I think it needs to do um, in our current climate. But that's cool. It's still very relevant. Yeah. Um, you know, he talks about this idea of saying sorry, you know, apologizing. And, you know, we all realize when we go through those mistakes that we might make is that those are actually the best opportunities. Because when you apologize to someone, it's vulnerability, right? Yep. You're you're putting your ego aside. You're at realizing, you're acknowledging the fact that you made a mistake. And then the other person feels good. They feel like they're being respected and acknowledged. And, you know, in that transaction, in that thing, not not to be kind of, um, overly engineering about it because that's not the that's not the goal. The goal is just to be authentic and to be honest. But it is truly an opportunity for us to say, "Listen, I'm really sorry." You know, maybe we can start again. Uh, and I, I'm kind of inspired by what you were saying in terms of taking those mistakes that you made, you know, apologizing for them, and then moving on because uh, you know there's there's magic that can happen when I think we're we're vulnerable, which maybe even goes back to the inner child thing. <laughs> Although I got to tell you, some kids young, they have a hard time apologizing. Sometimes, no, yeah, sometimes we have to say, uh, you know, just tap your nose if you're sorry. <laughs> I have one of those, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, how, so how can we um, be uh, more confident in being apologetic? And, and as a result, and, and being vulnerable, um, you know, being able to re kind of re receive more from, from people. So, and I ask you as a, as a parent, and as a professional. Well, look, as, as a parent, like, I, I know less about parenting than I do about sales. Like, parenting, <laughs> like, parenting is hard. I mean, you want to talk about a constantly changing playbook. Like, you, like, you think you got that down, and then, boom, they change that next day. So I, I'm never going to get that right. Um, do the best you can. Um, it, one of the things that I use video for, and I think video is an awesome tool, is to deliver bad news. And like that happens. That's part of life. It's part of sales. It could be, hey, my boss wouldn't take the deal as structured. I'm sorry. We're going to have to start over. It could be, hey, another client took the sponsorship you're looking for. I'm really sorry. Let's figure something else out. Hey, I made a mistake. And I know you said put it in at 3 p.m. And I put it in at 5 p.m. Like you make mistakes. And I've used video for that. Uh, yeah, I do use them for bad news. Um, <laughs> But in, but in terms of oops equals ops, it was kind of a perfect chance that the, the, the woman that I did call when she was on vacation in the Caribbean and kind of yelled at me and wrote me an email back and uh, like continued to yell at me, I just happened to be at a conference where she was, I didn't know she was going to be there, but I knew the company was going to be there. And I went right up to her and I said, I'm really sorry. You don't know who I am, but I'm the one who called you when you were on vacation. She's like, I was so mad at you. And I said, here's why I called. And, I'm, and I said, and if it makes you feel better, I'm on vacation next week. Here's my cell phone number. Please call me. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we haven't closed that deal yet, but we're a lot closer than we were when we were in the Caribbean and she was yelling at me. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just kind of picturing how how we can get sort of fun about it, you know, with uh, the virtual background and showing a picture of, uh, you know, the Caribbean and the, and as a backdrop. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 100% right. Yep. Yeah. Are you using the um, the dub virtual background feature? Yeah, I, ha I have used it. Yeah, it's been, uh, I love it. I actually was, I, I don't know if I was the, the brainchild behind it or not, but I put it in as a requested feature uh, a while ago. So uh, dub users, you're welcome. It was me. You know what? I remember that. Actually. <laughs> I remember that. And you're right. You're right. That message, we took it seriously. I'm, oh, I'm just, reco I'm recollecting that now. I'm recollecting that. Um, and I yeah, was inspired I'm, when I saw that. And so, uh, you gotta be smart in sales too. Like if, if you see that your, your, your prospect is a really big golf fan, for example, like change, change into a, you don't have to talk about it, but put, 
put the Masters and Augusta back there. And all of a sudden, the guy's going to pay a lot more attention to that if he sees that back there. You know, I mean, you, you can be smart and subtle without going, oh, yeah, <laughs> without going out of your way and just saying, like, hey, look at my background. This is why we should talk. It, it just, it's just an other part of the process. So give us some more ideas, Kevin. You're on the spot. <laughs> where you you obviously have a voice and we're listening. You don't have to tell us now, but uh keep them coming, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, I love the I love what you just said where you can dynamically change the background depending on who the person is. So, mm -hmm. you know, right now we have two abilities. Number one is the ability to 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 select a virtual background from a library. Um, which is, I think now we're up to like 50, maybe 60. Nice yeah, no, some of them are really good too. Yeah, we kind of curated those. And then the the next option, I think this is only for paid subscribers. Uh, you, you can upload any image you want and you can brand that. You can put your logo, you can put you know your social handles, whatever you want to put. You can even put the other person's logo. And I actually wish that more people did that where, uh, and, you know, yeah, maybe it's on us to just make it easier. But you know, imagine taking a screenshot of their website, or their LinkedIn profile. I don't know. You got to be classy about it. We don't want to be kind of weird about it. But um, and having that be the the backdrop. Have you ever tried something like that? So I have done the LinkedIn profile before, um, and it's worked to varying degrees. I, I still think the the personalization of face to face is is better. Um, but you know, actually, I think that could be a pretty decent starting ground for someone who's a little hesitant to put their face behind the camera first. You're just putting their voice and maybe your company's website or something like that to start. That, make, that makes sense. You know, a lot of people, that is a great starting point, in fact, when someone doesn't necessarily want to be all forward with, with the webcam. That's cool. Uh, we totally respect that. That was some early feedback that we got. You know, you upload your profile picture or some sort of an avatar, and then that, that becomes your, your, your face, if you will. Um, and then audio, you know, make that good. And then whatever the visual might be, you know, it could be a screen recording. It could be something else. Um, I think that's 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 obviously really important. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's good feedback to hear that, you know, you mentioned it's kind of you get varying degrees in terms of doing the, the, the screenshot of the LinkedIn profile. I'm always hesitant with stuff like that just because you don't want to come off as trying too hard. And, uh, you know, how do you I really appreciate your 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 kind of chill um, vibe overall. How how can people uh, think less and be less stuck in their head about well, what do I need to engineer and you know how do I just sort of get my message across? What what can you recommend on that front? Yeah, I mean, it's what, I think the largest part of it is what I said earlier. Like, keep the video short. Like, they they have to be less than a minute long. I mean, you think about attention spans. I mean, we live in 140 characters now. Like, you send a three minute message, I can tell you, no one's listening to that whole thing. Even my, even mine, I mean, one of the cool features at Dub is it tells you the percent of video that the person watched. Like, they watched 87% of the video, um, which is great because I can say, like, okay, they got to this point. I know what they're educated about at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think keeping it simple, keeping it engaging, keeping it fun, keeping it relevant to the client and customized in and out is really the best tips I would have for someone. That's awesome, man. That's that's extremely good good feedback. You know, I really appreciate that, Kevin. Yeah, really good stuff, man. So, what? Uh, how's your business doing? What do you What are you guys up to? What's your sort of it's, core? Talk about changing on a daily basis. It's been, uh, it's been a roller coaster. So, we've been blessed to be a news organization at Marketplace where we are. Our ratings have gone up. Our podcasts have gone up. Our smart speaker listening has gone up. Even though no one, even though people are back now, but you know when this started, there was no cars on the road, and you would think radio. A lot of times, the people are listening in their car, but that's adapted to at-home listening and streaming, which has been great. And we've flown up. But what changed though is we have a lot of clients who are saying, "Yeah, this doesn't make sense for me to advertise right now because my messaging or whatever I'm promoting." doesn't make sense in this climate. Let's pull back. What we totally didn't expect, though, was the we do a lot of B2B tech sales. A lot of those B2B tech clients who are saying, this is a perfect opportunity for me to strike. I'm selling to IT directors who are now a complete remote workforce that are ill-prepared for that. So once we got through that four to five-week rush of you're out, you're in, we 
kind of laid low for a little bit, but the last like, two weeks, I mean, it's felt business as normal for us the last two to three weeks. I mean, we're starting to see some pretty significant second half of the year uh, business starting to pick back up. We always go up ratings-wise and kind of uh, intensity in an election year, just being news-based. Um, so we're, we're expecting that to be the course at this point. Very cool, man. That's that's good to hear. I mean, that that sounds um, that's a pivot story to me. And that's I think to your earlier point, that's about learning and it's about adapting and it's about figuring out what's working and then making that the, the new sort of normal for you guys. And I think that yeah. that's what we all have to do, because a lot of people, um, you know, they get stuck and they don't know what to do and they they freeze and they let their entire staff go or they I, I mean, it's all yeah. man. What do you got thick skin? Have you been through business failures? Like, what yeah, is- I can tell you this. I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert in sales by any stretch of the imagination, but I can't foresee someone being in sales without having thick skin. Like, I think like I've been doing this. I graduated college in 2004, so 16 years of sales now. Like, you've had good bosses, you've had bad bosses, you've had non-existent bosses, um, you've had reps on your team who are trying to steal from you. You've had reps on your team that help you. Like, I think I've seen pretty, I hope I've seen pretty much it at this point. Um, it, it, it doesn't, my mom used to say growing up, like you got to have alligator skin. Like it's got to be tough <laughs> and rigid. And that's, that's kind of like what I've always gone with, you know? And it, it was like when you were in school and you would get made fun of by someone, she's like, you got to have alligator skin. And it's just, yeah. with me. yeah, man. And, uh, why do we why do we get our our feelings hurt? People hate rejection. People don't like feeling they're inadequate. Of course, why would you? People like being told they're the best looking, they're they're the richest, they're they have the best looking spouse. Like people love hearing that stuff. And anything that's not the best news possible, people get upset about. And and I'm not here to tell you that you shouldn't get upset about those things, but what are you doing to either fix it or deal with it. It's really how, how it depends. Yeah. I mean, we, we get some negative feedback every once in a while. In fact, uh, in our, in one of our videos in one of my live videos, uh, I got, I got some, I got a comment on Facebook and, uh, I, it resonated with me and I'm really glad the person mentioned it. And, um, I, I can't find this comment anymore in our on any of our faces. So I almost feel like the person deleted this and I kind of wish they didn't cause I wanted to respond to it. Um, but the comment was basically about how I was getting into a conversation with someone. Um, actually, it's it's very kind of analogous to what we were discussing before, which is, you know, Zoom fatigue and people are struggling with doing this Zoom thing. And that synchronous communication sometimes is not ideal. And of course, maybe I was being a little salesy about dub and being an evangelist about pre-recorded video. And, you know, I tend to do that, obviously. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, you know, I kind of mentioned this idea of, you know, I want to encourage people. I want to inspire people. I want to evangelize the idea of don't necessarily always try to get people into a Zoom situation, into a live, you know, recorded sort of webinar conference type situation. You know, pre-record your content, get all the value out there, maybe take minutes instead of, you know, half half an hour, so on and so forth. And then just get that over the, the pipes, LinkedIn, Gmail, whatever, and just get your message across. And, you know, the, the comment specifically was, uh, you know, I, I use Zoom all the time. This is what the person said to me. You know, I use Zoom all the time. It's a big part of my business. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't be necessarily telling people. I'm just paraphrasing, of course. You shouldn't yeah. necessarily be telling people to do pre-recorded content, you know, period, grow up. You know, and that was that was the comment. And, uh, you know, I, I took that seriously, man. You know, someone was a little offended by what I said. And, uh you know, initially, I could have, I could have, I could have easily said, you know, let me get my headphones plugged in here. <laughs> I'm waving, I'm getting passionate here, so I'm waving my arms around, so I knocked my wire out of my headphones. <laughs> uh, so, and you know, initially, I, I remember what I was feeling, and it was, um, should I feel offended? Should I feel annoyed? You know, but then I kind of quickly realized, well, this is just an opportunity. It's someone that's feeling emotional. That, that wants to express them, themselves and I should take that seriously, you know? And I was, I remember I started to, to do the response and then I got distracted and then I went back to go look for the comment and I have not been able to find that comment. So if the person that put that comment out there is, is actually listening, 
please put it back or something similar because I'd love to respond to you. And, you know, I, I really appreciate um, where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, consider uh, you know, <laughs> consider recording videos if you are getting uh, Zoom fatigue. So just, you're, just you're I'll throw it out there. Right. That's sales is you meet your client where they're at. Yes. And if your client wants a Zoom call, guess what? You're now doing a Zoom call. And if your right. client wants to talk on the phone, you're talking on the phone. And that's that's what sales is. I mean, we started this talking about you're dealing with a human on the other end of the line, Wh whatever line that is. It's email, video, Zoom. I don't care what it is. I have clients that text me. I don't want to be texting my clients, but that works for them. So it works for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about being flexible, you know? How... Uh... Were you always like that? Were you always meet your clients where they are? I love that line. I mean, what a powerful line. Uh, yeah. It, what's your learning on that? I mean, were you it, were you ever stuck in in a in a mode, and then you realize is that you need to kind of break out? No, I, I I wouldn't say I was ever stuck, but you start seeing themes develop, and you're like, all right, well, why didn't I get that sale, or what's holding me back from breaking through here, and if a client communicates with, like I, I've had Zoom calls where, like my my number is in my signature, and I'll get a text ahead of time, and I'm like, "Dad, it's like just a random 508 number or something." They're like, "Hey, I'm going to be five minutes late." I'm like, "Who is this?" You know, and it's then all of a sudden, like I now know, like, okay, this client is comfortable enough texting me. I'm going to meet them where they're at at that point, and I'll write back to them. And we may have the call and go our separate ways. It's not a fit or it's a fit, but down the road. But I can tell you, like, I keep notes of that. And I'll go back. And if the deal's pending and it's been a delayed, I'll text them, like, hey, Ruben, like, where are we at with this? And it works for them. So, I mean, you always just need to be able to pivot to where your clients are at. You know, SMS is, is a powerful medium. And it's... Uh... I think it's a little underutilized in sales because there's this sort of assumption that that's kind of a personal thing and that we shouldn't really mess with people with that. And I, and I disagree with that. I mean, listen, if someone says don't text me, obviously we have to listen to them, you know. Um, but uh, if we're going to send a cold email to someone to try to provide some value, help them in some capacity, um, why can't we do the same thing on, on SMS? You know, if, if we have their phone number, maybe if they provided it to us, I mean, one of the things that we do is in our meetings like this, you know, we have these auto reminders that go out, uh, to remind people, Hey, listen, there's a meeting coming up in an hour and 10 minutes. And, you know, sometimes they respond to that. And what we've really tried to do is to make any of our SMS messages, you know, res respondable where if someone sends us, sends us a message back that we can actually get it. It doesn't always work. Some services don't provide that. Um, we kind of built some technology on Dub where you can actually send SMS messages at at scale, which I don't totally recommend. I mean, it's it's I think it's okay in some capacities, but I'm more of a kind of a one to one guy on this. Um, what what would you say are some best practices in terms of sending SMS messages messages to your clients? So this is something I've thought a lot about. Um, because I'm not there yet in terms of sending one-to-one -one text to cold prospects. If the client reaches out to me via text first, yeah, that's game on at that point. I'm fine with that. I've been digesting a lot of content from sales leaders that are using and utilizing text and they're getting results from it. And then I think about it like, you know, 20 years ago, we all thought an email was invasion of privacy. And then Three years ago, we thought video was an invasion of privacy. And phone calls probably were 30 years ago. So like, why is text not just the next link in that chain? It very well could be, or it could just be like, that's where we draw the line. I don't know. But it's part of my process. In fact, I actually have a cadence built right now um, that I'm going to reach out via text, like very personalized, very concise. And I I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to do a 100-person test and... If it fails miserably, then I pull it out. If it's great, it's in. Nice. That's cool to hear. That's the right way to do it. You know, we just had an update actually on Dub where now what we can do is when someone sends an SMS, uh, when someone sends a Dub URL via SMS, that an auto preview displays. So it works a little bit differently on iPhone and Android. 
but there's either a, a no sound video preview that plays or there's an animated GIF that it plays within, yeah. within the SMS. And I think the reason why that's valuable, now, side note, I think on Apple, if I'm not mistaken, you have to click to preview. So there is kind of a, an opt-in of some sort on Apple, but on iPhones, that is. But what I think is really interesting here is that uh, I think this comes down to the idea of conveying the value. And I think it's really trust. What is this piece of content that you're sending me? Why should I watch it? Is it a picture of a talking head? Is it a picture of a screen? You know, that might give me some trust to know what I'm about to watch and what I'm committing to. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. Uh, I am very curious to see, um, this is a very new thing. It's just probably within the last couple of days. I'm very curious to get your feedback on on your on your test on your experiment. I'd like to I'd like to get some feedback. From yeah, you. certainly will. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I'm anxious too. There, there's nothing more I would love to have another tool in my arsenal to be able to reach clients. You know, I mean, if you start with a thousand prospects and some reply via email and some get back on the phone and some get back via video, if if I can get another ten percent of them back via text, it's just another another way for me to get to that yes or to that no fast. Right. Exactly. Very cool. Well, Kevin, how can we find you on, on social LinkedIn web address? Yeah. So I'm on, I'm all over LinkedIn. I mean, that's where I do most of my content. I mean, a lot of my Twitter content, I kind of just hijack right from LinkedIn, but um, LinkedIn's where I'm having most of my conversations, but I'm on, um, and, and my name's Kevin Gilman on LinkedIn, but on Twitter, you can check me out at uh, B2B corporate branding, B2B corp branding. Sorry. Nice. B2B Corp Branding. Very cool. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate your time, man. This was a great convo. And, uh, you know, thanks for the feedback. And keep thinking of us, man, and how we can kind of improve the overall process and the, yeah. the dub experience. Yeah, I'm a big, big proponent of both video and dub. Um, and I, I couldn't have higher praise for you guys. Well, you know what? That means a lot to me, man. One of the things that we're always trying to do is to get uh, testimonials from people. So you got you got a little uh, thirty second uh, testimonial on Dub that we'd love to use in some of our our uh, video stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't recommend Dub enough. I mean, it has hundred percent transformed my 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 business. I mean, as I said during this, I've now moved my video from non existent to middle of my cadence to the very first step of my cadence, and I've never rationalized like, hey, it's two to three times the engagement, but it is. I mean, I was seeing 20% email open rates. I'm seeing upwards of 60% open rates now. And video is a major, major, major part of my cold outreach to prospects, as well as current clients outreach as well. Amazing. Amazing, man. Thank you so much, Kevin, for, for everything. It's, it's so great to have you. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I love it. I love the show. I'm so glad I got to be on it. And uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Likewise, Kevin. Take care now.